Welcome to the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with your host, accountant and author Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Homeschool CPA podcast. This is Carol Topp. My website is homeschoolcpa.com. And in the previous podcast episode, I talked about homeschool businesses, meaning homeschool programs that are run as for-profit programs being converted to non-profit programs. So that might be something like a, might call themselves a co-op or a tutorial or some kind of a homeschool academy or something like that that has been running as a for-profit business, thinking and wanting to convert to a non-profit status and eventually getting, or maybe soon getting, 501c3 tax exempt status from the IRS. Now, in the previous episode, I talked about just the basics of what is the difference between a for-profit and a not-for-profit. And primarily, I focused on the board and the fact that um, a non-profit is run by not an individual, not owned by anyone. It's run by a board of people. And therefore, that business owner is giving up control of her business, if you will, she's converting it completely. She's actually starting, uh, or she's part of starting a new organization, a nonprofit, and she's no longer in control. The board is in control. She might be one of the board members, but then she's probably not paid because most nonprofits um, have volunteer boards. So in this episode, I want to talk about that business of, of basically how do you set up and start this new structure legally uh, with paperwork. So basically, I'm going to talk about bylaws and nonprofit incorporation status. And then the next uh, and third episode here, I will talk about tax exempt status with the IRS. They are different. Nonprofit status is not the same thing as getting tax exempt status. So I'll explain that. So let me let me start out by talking about when you form a nonprofit. Really, when when is a nonprofit born? Let's talk about that. When is a nonprofit born? It's born basically when you assemble a board, a team of people, at least three, and the first three are usually the officers of the chair, or sometimes called the president, uh, the secretary, and treasurer. Some nonprofits have a vice chair or vice president as well. But when that that group of people comes together and forms and they decide on basically two documents, so they draft two documents, one of the bylaws, which is kind of like an operating procedure, um, and the other is the formal document that creates an entity according to their state law. And that document is usually either articles of incorporation or articles of association. So I'll explain that a little bit. Articles of incorporation are when you are forming a nonprofit corporation. And folks, I got to tell you, that is what most homeschool organizations that I deal with uh, form, nonprofit corporations. It is possible to stay as an unincorporated association, but you should still draft some paperwork called uh, articles of association. A lot of times states don't care that you submit them, but you should at least have them, create them, and sign them. I have sample articles of association for those unincorporated associations, and I have sample articles of 
incorporation, but those are more dependent upon your state. So they're only samples. You probably need, you know, probably you definitely need to find out what your state wants you to file to form a nonprofit corporation in your state. They probably have a form. All right. Let me explain that the, the board's first job then, therefore, is to create um, these two documents, the bylaws and the formation document, articles of incorporation, most likely. Um, this is what the IRS would call organized as a nonprofit. See, the IRS looks at organizations and says, I'm only going to give you tax-exempt status if you are organized as, as an exempt organization as a nonprofit and if you are operating as a nonprofit organized and operate so organized means it's that basically that paperwork <laughs> that says um, well first of all we have a board the board is defined and how it operates is defined in the uh, document called the bylaws again I have sample bylaws over at homeschoolcpa.com slash samples and the other uh, legal document called the articles of incorporation then to that's organizing then to operate as a nonprofit means you don't have a profit motive so again in this conversion of a for-profit business to a nonprofit you no longer have a profit motive which you did when you were a for-profit business by default you now have some other motive and it's probably educational maybe educational, charitable, and religious too. Those are the, the three biggies that homeschool groups are typically motivated by the, or their purpose is to educate homeschool children in our case or to do charitable works. Usually it's the kids doing service projects or something like that and they may have a religious purpose as well. So I said in the previous episode, if you are meeting in a church and you you want to convert to nonprofit status because meeting in the church as a for-profit is not allowed by the church because it affects their property tax exemption, then you probably want to have a religious purpose as well, right? That's why the church is letting you use their space. You are um, in agreement with their religious purposes. So <laughs> that's a lot to absorb right now. I just put a whole lot of stuff in your head. If you would like to have some more information and detailed information about how to convert your for-profit homeschool business to a nonprofit organization, I'm going to be offering a webinar so that it's visual, you will see slides, you will hear me, see my face, and you also have a chance to ask questions with a, a chat feature during this webinar. The webinar is going to be offered in April and probably in either late, late May or June, two different parts to the uh, webinar. Um, the first part will be getting you ready for the conversion, uh, like forming the board, creating bylaws, creating a budget, the documents that you need, like articles of incorporation and things, other documents. And then the second part will be a lot more detail about the tax exempt application with the IRS itself, because most probably 90, 99% of nonprofit organizations want tax exempt status with the IRS too. So I thought one of the best ways to get this information to you besides just this free podcast would be for a webinar. Now the webinars will, uh, I will 
charge a fee for that. I don't know, approximately $20 to $30. Uh, they will be recorded. So if you can't join us live, you can watch the video at your leisure. So again, part one of converting from a for-profit homeschool business to a nonprofit will probably be airing on Monday evening, April 22nd. That is the day after Easter. If, uh, if it gets full, I'll repeat it again, uh, probably April 30th. That's a Tuesday evening. So you have a choice of one evening's better for you than the other. And then the other workshop on applying for 501c3 tax exempt status. We're probably going to delay that until sometime in June. You know, it's uh, you don't need that right away anyway. <laughs> you got a lot of work to do with getting your uh, board and your bylaws and your articles of incorporation filed. So I hope the webinar will be helpful to some of you. Uh, you go on over to homeschoolcpa.com and I'll put the uh, link to it uh, on the homepage and as well as if you are subscribed to my email list and my Facebook page, Homeschool CPA, you'll find it advertised there. Let's talk about this organized as a nonprofit and operate like a nonprofit again. I have met uh, homeschool leaders who have done one without the other. You know, some of them have organized, this is kind of rare, but sometimes they have organized, meaning they filed some nonprofit incorporation paperwork in their state. And they thought that's all there was to it. They thought all they had to do was file a piece of paper in their state, but they didn't form a board. Uh, so they weren't really organized properly, were they? And they didn't really operate it with uh, properly with a board or with bylaws or they didn't really have they kept kind of their for-profit motives their for-profit purpose which is not appropriate at all so uh, for example I was talking to one homeschool leader and she had formed as a non-profit organization and she said to me Carol how do I get paid and I said Oh, dear leader, well, as a nonprofit, you get paid by the board. Remember that from the previous episode? You get paid by the board. The board decides who hires and fires the paid staff. Now, she had previously owned this business, you know, as her for-profit business. So she was used to just kind of assuming it was her money and had to explain that, no, it's, it's not your money when you're a nonprofit. The money belongs to the organization and the board decides. And she said, well, I don't, I don't have a board. It's just me. So she didn't really organize properly, did she, folks? No, she did not. On the other hand, more frequently I run into a lot of homeschool groups that operate uh, much like a nonprofit, but they never quite go through the proper paperwork, meaning the bylaws or creating articles of incorporation or something like that. So they, they might be operating correctly. You know, they might have a board and a nonprofit motive and things like that, but they haven't organized fully in terms of their paperwork other documentation. And then, of course, the groups I run into most are those who might be organized, might even operate, but haven't applied for tax-exempt status with the IRS. Because being a nonprofit does not automatically make you tax-exempt with the IRS. You actually have to go to the IRS and apply. <laughs> and, you know, get, get feedback, papers, a letter back from them. Um, let me talk for a little bit now as I wrap up here about what the is in the bylaws and then how to get nonprofit incorporation in your state. So your bylaws are kind of um, where you explain what the purpose of this organization is, how the board is designed, who elects the board. Do the members elect the board or does the board replace itself? Who's What are the 
positions on the board? What are their descriptions, their job descriptions, things like that? Who does who can be a member of this organization? Or are there no members? A lot of times nonprofits have no members, but homeschool groups sometimes frequently do. Again, if you want to just read about some sample bylaws, head on over to homeschoolcpa.com slash samples and you can read some sample bylaws. Typically, your bylaws do not get filed with your state, but your articles of incorporation, if you want to create a nonprofit corporation, do get filed in your state. That's like when the nonprofit is really born, (laughs) when you file the articles of incorporation with your secretary of state's office. That's the date of formation. You might have been meeting and working at getting all this together, but this is the date the baby is born. So when you convert from being a for-profit business to a nonprofit corporation, you might work for months at getting your board together, them drafting bylaws, deciding on a purpose, making a budget, picking where they're going to meet, all this stuff, right? But the birth date of your organiz- of the organization is the date you file those articles of incorporation in your state. Now, Again, most of the time the states have a particular form you need to use, so just go Google, you know, your state name and articles of incorporation, read it. If you don't understand it, you probably need to contact an attorney. Sometimes I can answer a question or two, but because I'm not an attorney, I'm an accountant, I'm a CPA, I'm limited in how I can advise you about that document because that's a legal document. I cannot file that document for you. That would be the practice of law, and I cannot practice law. But I can tell you one really, really, really important thing. And that is if you want 501c3 tax exempt status, and I bet you do because you don't want to pay taxes, then you need to include in those articles of incorporation that you file with your secretary of state particular language that the IRS requires. The state doesn't require it. The IRS requires it. And there's about three paragraphs, and the first paragraph has to do with you stating your purpose. You must state very clearly to the IRS that your purpose is educational, charitable, religious, one of those three, or all three, or two of the three, whatever applies to you in your particular group. The second paragraph are things that uh, 501c3s cannot do, like endorse a candidate for office, or let have the money uh, flow down, the, the IRS uses a word called in your the, the money, the assets cannot endure down to individuals, okay? Meaning the money, it's not belong to the owner anymore. This is a difference between the for-profit and not-for-profit. The money is no longer the for-profit or the business owners. It now stays with the nonprofit to be decided by the board how it will be spent. And the last paragraph the IRS requires is about if this uh, nonprofit organization ever dissolves, the money does not get distributed to the members does not get split among the teachers or tutors and does certainly does not go into the pocketbook of the board members or the director. Nope, nope, nope. It has to go all to another 501c3 or several 501c3 organizations. Okay. So those are, that is very important language. The IRS requires to be in your formation document, your articles of incorporation. If you don't have the language in your articles of incorporation, the IRS will not grant you tax exempt status. That sample language the IRS requires, you can find again on my website. Head on over to homeschoolcpa.com slash samples. I just look for where it says IRS required language. Sometimes it's pretty difficult to get that language added 
to your articles of incorporation if you are filing online. I have found lots of homeschool groups that file their own articles of incorporation, don't know about this IRS language. They file online. It's really easy, folks, to file online. And then, but they didn't know they needed to add this language or they couldn't figure out how to attach it because the online filing in their state didn't allow for attachments. So then I have to say, sorry, you have to amend your articles and I probably have to do it on paper. It's a delay. It's usually another fee. So I'm trying to avoid you the headache of doing that. All right, but to sum this up, when you convert a for-profit business to a non-profit, you are creating a new legal entity more than likely a nonprofit corporation in your state. You want to know about the advantages of being a nonprofit corporation? Head on over to homeschoolcpa.com, go to the blog posts and type nonprofit incorporation, or read one of my books. The book probably most applicable is The IRS and Your Homeschool Organization. And you'll find out all the benefits of being a nonprofit corporation as opposed to being an unincorporated association. The biggest benefit is limited liability protection for the leadership and the members. So all that to say that you have to create those documents. That's what makes you a nonprofit. Again, organized as one and then operate as one with a board, which I talked about uh, a lot in the previous podcast episode. So I hope that's helpful. If you have any questions, you can find me at homeschoolcpa.com, the contact page there. You can fire me off an email and we can talk about what the documents you need to start with, but basically bylaws and those articles of incorporation. And get those filed by a vote of your board. Your board should vote that, yes, they approve these articles. You have to have typically three signers. That's a good idea. Some states let you do it with one signer, but I don't think that's wise. I think you should have at least three people as as proof that you already have a board ready to go. So there's uh, quite a bit to learn when you are converting a homeschool business to a nonprofit. And the next and last episode on this topic will be about tax-exempt status with the IRS and how you can get tax-exempt status as an organization that's converted from a for-profit to a not-for-profit. So thanks. I hope this is helpful. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with Carol Topp here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more helpful information, visit Carol at her website, homeschoolcpa.com.